Did you know that there's a place right here in Hartford County that offers all types of services? They offer assistance programs, talking about health insurance, medical transportation, WIC program and more. They also offer dental clinic services, peer recovery and support services, different types of cancer screening, hearing and vision screening, and a lot more. A lot of people don't know about them, but I'm here to tell you about them. This is the Hartford County Health Department, and their mission is to protect and promote the health, safety, and environment of the citizens of Hartford County through community assessment, education, collaboration, and assurance of services. And the one thing of Hartford County Health Department, they want to make Hartford County the healthiest community in Maryland. You can visit them at HartfordCountyHealth.com. That's HartfordCountyHealth.com. And be sure to listen to the podcast that I do with them the first Friday of every month right here on HartfordCountyLiving.com. Hi, my name is Rich Bennett. And on this episode of Hartford County Living, I had the opportunity to sit down with somebody that's new to Hartford County. Dr. Sarah Cannon is a local dermatologist who just opened up a new practice. Now, the thing is, her practice is different from other practices. She offers the direct care model. And if you don't know what that is, you're about to find out. There's no surprise bills. Everything's 100% transparent pricing. And as usual on this episode of Harford County Living, I learned more. More about melanoma, more about acne. Certain things that dermatologists do that I had no idea that they did. So sit back and enjoy. And once you get a chance, call Dr. Cannon and make an appointment. to welcome everybody to the Hartford County Living Podcast. We are sitting here with a young lady new to the area, getting ready to open up a, or has, has opened up an office, uh, Dr. Cannon, dermatologist, and God, with me again as co-host, helping me out, is Trisha. Hi, everyone. Miss Trisha Soaps, of course. <laughs> you know, we only been here for an hour waiting for her to finish yapping so we can get this thing started, you know, but... Whatever. So, now, how, Dr. Cannon, how long have you, wait a minute, you're going to yell at me for calling you Dr. Cannon, aren't you? Sarah, please. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dr. Sarah? <laughs> no, Sarah. Just Sarah. She already yelled at me outside. <laughs> now, how long have you actually been in Hartford County? Because you're new, I mean, new to the area, yes. right? Yes, yes. So, we moved down in the middle of the summer. My husband okay. actually took a job down here. He's over at McCormick. Um, so, we would nice. move down and uh, living with some family, and um, we're over in Bel Air now. And you, you like get it? discounts on the spices and everything. We right? do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're up in Bel Air. Yes. And you're getting ready to open up your own, I say, dermatologist yes. office, I guess. Yes. Okay. Yes. Awesome. 
what made you decide to, to go on your own and not join another company? Yeah, so when I moved down, so, so I was working for the past couple of years in New Jersey at a private practice, small okay. private practice, so there were a couple other docs there. Um, so I had a little bit of the lay of the land of kind of how things work and um, what I wanted out of a practice in terms of how I could work with patients. So when I moved down, I just kind of assumed I would interview and, right. and join a, a similar type practice. But um, I think I found that there were some things about different practices that I wanted to customize a little bit more. Um, and certainly there was definitely my desire to have much more time with patients and have a little bit more like individualized care um, and just really make it my own. And, and I felt that with joining a larger practice, right. um, you know, very well-established practice, there's pros and cons to that, but also what comes with that is a lot of overhead, a lot of staff, maybe a lot of volume. Um, and that was something that I wanted to get away from whether I joined or whether I opened up. I just want to have more time with patients and have... You want to make it more personal. Yeah, yeah. Which I, a, I like that. I mean, yeah. I appreciate that. That's, you know, one of the things I can't stand is going to a, a practice where you never know who the doctor is you're going to see. Yeah. It could be somebody new. It could right. be somebody different. and. I'm sorry. I like. I'm comfortable with talking to the same person. You know, I go to the same dentist all the yeah. time since I was a kid. Not a lot of dermatologists around. There's are they? not. There's, no, there's not. There's a few that have been here yeah. for a long time. And right. the problem is, is that um, if new dermatologists or any physician don't move in, your wait times get longer and longer because you're seeing back your your old patients from several years, mm -hmm. but new patients are moving in. Children are growing up. Right. Um, yeah. As we get older, we see more skin cancer, so you, you start to have longer visits with those types of patients. Yeah. So um, the problem is the the volume keeps going up because people need doctors, but there's not more doctors coming into the area necessarily. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's just I'm happy to be able to come and you know serve this area, um, make friends, become family, um, and just make it my own. I think. Okay. Now, for those that don't understand, what exactly is dermatology? So, I mean, we know skin cancer, but right, it's right. more than that, right? It is, it is. So dermatology is, I think, an awesome field because you get to do everything. The skin, in being corny fact, the large organ of the body, right. it really does give you a portal to everything. You can see... Mm -hmm internal diseases manifest there first. You can see internal cancers manifest there. Um, then you have simple things, rashes, um, common things like skin cancers, and then things of all ages, right. acne, warts, infections, um, surgeries, and then mm -hmm. you get to do, dabble in things that are on the other spectrum where you're getting to use your hands more, doing cosmetics, laser procedures, huh? things that people can help Oh, improve yeah. them themselves in other ways so you get to do oh, everything mm -hmm. like like the um the the company that does um laser surgery for varicose veins oh that's what a dermatologist does a lot a lot of fields do that but yes that's that's part of it mm -hmm. oh wow i didn't realize that yeah interesting they used to, one of the things you said was skin cancer yes. and something i didn't realize because my sister over the summer i guess was diagnosed, come find out, has 
melanoma. Mm -hmm. And they were able to get it out. And of course, now we always tease her because she got a big horn on top of her head. Uh, but <laughs> well, at first, what I, she told me that I, I thought she said the size of a dime. Mm -hmm. No, it's the size of a lime. Yeah, so we've been. Dime. Wow. There's a big difference. Yeah. So, uh, and actually, one of the things me and my brother was like, hey, why don't we get her some of our grandmother's old wigs or something? Oh. <laughs> yeah, we always got to torment her. That's the one I was talking about. Yeah. We were talking before the one that so had to get the rabies shots for the bats. So <laughs> she was not comfortable. We're all dressing up as Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're mean. Sorry, Robin. Uh, but when she, she told me because she was diagnosed, I didn't realize it's hereditary. Yep. Right. So that means me, my brother, yeah, we have to get checked. Right. Mm -hmm. And well, yearly. I would, I would, yes. Yearly. And I guess my kids too, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. Right. Yeah, because there's so many. There's a couple. The the three most common types of skin cancer have a couple of different factors that contribute to them. So melanoma, in particular, is the deadliest form. Thankfully, it's the least common out really? of the three that we see more frequently, basal cell, squamous cell, and melanoma. So it's the most deadly, but it's third on the list in terms okay. of the number per year. Uh, but that does have and can have genetic factors to it. So it not only comes with you know, the skin type, right. ethnicity, number of moles, family mm -hmm. history, um, which you now have, there, those are a couple of things, you know, red hair, light eyes, history of tanning bed use. Those are all things that contribute to increasing, upping your melanoma risk and kind of adding notches, so to speak. Um, and where and you then, live. Exactly, exactly. It's more common in Florida. Really? Very and around, common. Around I guess equator. closer to the equator. Mm hmm Wow. Right. Now, you said light hair, so like blondes? Mm-hmm. Blondes, uh -oh. redheads. <laughs> what about ones with my no hair? My well, grandmother yes. died of melanoma, well, yeah. and I have to get checked every year. Right, right. I need to. I need to get. Uh, I'm trying to convince my teenager that he needs to be checked every year, but he's grumbling and groaning and kind of a mom's being paranoid. Mm -hmm. Well, and I understand it's not a hard check. You basically just what in a gown? Well, not even a gown. I guess your underwear or whatever. Saying here, look at me. Right? right, depending well, on that. Guys yeah. are less likely to go see the doctor on a regular basis than than girls are. That's true. Really? You're really, a, really. You're not in my household. <laughs> I'm the only one that goes every year. Well, I always not knew to the dermatologist. So I got to do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I always knew you were special. Here we go already. <laughs> God. So, all right, melanoma. What was the other one? Basal cell, the most Basal common, cell. and it's okay. the most common cancer of all. Mm -hmm. not even including skin, and then squamous cell. So those are really more highly linked to different forms of UV exposure. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So those are the forms that you would find most likely around the equator or tanning bed use, overuse. Mm -hmm. Tanning bed is, is more directly correlated with melanoma. Mm -hmm. Basal cell is more directly correlated with intermittent high-intensity sun exposure so you think you know your vacations or going out a couple times in the summer and just getting your burns and being okay for the rest of the year right. um, squamous cell you think of more chronic you know face ears tops of hands just year-round getting those little burns or um, you know just tanning of the skin it's just that chronic damage that happens over time so so like they all every day right in the sun now we saw I mean it something like that like any of them it's whether it be a mole or whatever it's always there right no 
so it can go away and come back? It, does, it doesn't necessarily go away, but majority of skin cancers come de novo, meaning you didn't have anything there before. They come up, they start to change, or it's bleeding, or it's crusty, or you know you, sh you shave and something bleeds, and then it you know, closes back up, and then it bleeds again. Um, so there's a lot of different things that can happen with moles. Moles are benign, but they can go bad. So that's okay. why with skin checks, skin checks are super important. Not only going to a dermatologist, um, you know, for like your son, but if you check your skin on a regular basis, you're going to be more apt to know, not necessarily what a skin cancer looks like, but know right. that that wasn't there before or that mole's black now or I didn't yeah. have something on my calf and there's something new there. Or just paying attention to, you know, daily things like when you shave, a little spot bleeds. Well, that probably doesn't look bad to you because you think, oh, I have just a little cut. It just keeps opening up, but that can mean something. Or a scaly spot under ear that doesn't go away with moisturizer. Well, that can mean something. So there's a lot of different presentations. Unfortunately, there's no one, there's not a set criteria to say, go down this path, you have skin cancer, go down this path, you have benign. Right. But I, I try to stress the patients is know your body, take a spin in the mirror at least once a month when you're naked. Mm -hmm. Just get the lay of the land. Just at least know where things are and have someone in your house look at your back and look at your scalp. Hairdressers are really helpful. I have a lot of patients come in. That's who, how my sister found out. Yeah, who gets sent in. And again, they're, they don't know what skin cancer it is, but they know, you know, that wasn't there when I cut right. your hair six weeks ago. Or, you know, my, my the comb brush cuts on this every time I go over it. So it's, it's more about noticing change mm -hmm. and taking stock of what you have. Reason I asked that too is because my wife said something to me because I had I thought it was a scab mm -hmm. right here on and it's not there now, and I figured it was a scab so I picked at it mm -hmm. it went away. I guess maybe a month later it came back again, mm -hmm. and and the last time I saw it was probably August. Oh, it was before I started growing the beard. It's August, and um, just well, dummy me. I'm always like, don't pick at it. Yeah, I get it checked. Well, it was irritating, so I did, but nothing since. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, could that be? In general, skin cancers are not going to go away, but precancerous okay. lesions, which are extremely common, can. So precancers, okay. they lie on the early side of the spectrum of a precursor to squamous cell. So that's the middle form of skin cancer. A little bit more aggressive than basal cell, much less aggressive than melanoma in its, in its deadliest form. So um, that's very common. They are very, very common. They can come and go. Um, and some of the studies say a few percentage of those on a given person will progress to skin cancer over their lifetime. Some studies say maybe up to 15 to 20% of any of your number of precancers will, will convert over. So. They, they're a representation that you've accumulated enough damage right. over your lifetime to now make precancerous lesions, putting you at risk for skin cancer. Um, so I, I try to always treat them when I see them on patients or at least have the discussion that it's not a cancer now and I can't tell you if and when it will become a skin cancer, but it is a precancerous lesion, right. so it might or might not progress. Um, mm. Most people opt to treat because down the road, you'd rather not have a larger cancer or a larger scar or a larger procedure versus doing a little bit of damage to the skin now by treating it. Um, but it's usually curative. Treatments are very good for precancerous lesions. Now how, yeah. since it's no longer there, mm -hmm. I mean, how 
would you check for something like that? Just regular skin checks. Yep. Just, just regular skin checks. Just looking at it, looking for the signs, looking for changes, and then it, if it comes back again, getting in and getting checked when it's there so okay. that you can see exactly what it looks like. But regular skin checks are really the most that you can do. There's recommendations for patients who have had more advanced skin cancers and had to go to other treatments um, in terms of bringing other specialists on board, oncology, imaging, all of that. Right. But for the standard forms of basal cell, squamous cell, and the earliest forms of melanoma, there's no recommendation that extra screenings have to be done outside of um, just keeping up to date on, on everything else. So doing regular eye exams because you can get melanoma in your eyes. Huh? Doing regular dental exams because you can get skin cancer inside your mouth mm -hmm. on mucous membranes. Um, checking between your toes making sure that you see your primary doctor who's wow. going to do their regular exam. So um, it's just making sure that you stay up to date and not you don't have to go crazy after you've had a skin cancer, but you're more aware that where things can come up, that it can happen over time, and it's important to, to make wow. sure that you stay up on those screenings. I didn't realize all that. No, I didn't know that you could have um, you could get melanoma in your eyes. Mm -hmm. You can have melanoma in your eyes. You can have it um, mucous membranes. Anywhere, even places where well, obviously mucous membranes is one, but places where the skin the sun the skin has never seen sun at all. Yeah, well, bottoms of your feet. I understand mucous membranes because mucous membranes are also still right there on the skin, but eyeballs mm -hmm. are not necessarily mm -hmm. the skin; they're the eyeball. Right, but and we have the the melanocyte is the cell that is the precursor to melanoma. We even have those in our central nervous system. So there's there are a lot of different places. So obviously we check mm. the places that we can check and mm. then we want the other people who do that to check the places that we can't check. Yeah. Holy cow. I'm, I'm, You're gonna start going, aren't you? Uh, well, I have to because my sister had it. But oh, yeah. I mean, I've been to the dermatologist before because mm -hmm. I had skin tags mm -hmm. and had them removed. Right. Oh God, that was nasty. <laughs> It's, yeah, because I didn't realize they burned them off. Man, that stunk. But it was, I left, when I left, it was, I think they removed like five of them from my neck, and it felt great, you know, because they were irritating. Right, yeah. right. But what's, and I guess, what's the difference between a skin tag and, say, a mole? It's, it's really the basis of what, what the cells are that make it up. So a skin tag is the components of your normal skin. Okay. Um, makes a little outpouching, but it still has just the normal skin components to it. Maybe a little bit of extra fatty tissue on the inside of it, some blood vessels, and then the normal overlying skin versus a mole um, or a sunspot, they're made up of different types of cells. The mole has the melanocytes in it, mm -hmm. which are our pigment cells. And then okay. a sunspot is your regular skin that has just increased pigment in it, increased color in it. And that's mm -hmm. because of the chronic sun exposure and increased pigmentation over time. So all of the skin lesions that we have, they share a lot of common things, um, but there's usually something that's predominant within it that sets them apart from each other. And that also makes what could come down the road from it a little bit different too. Wow. I so have the joy of having a little bit of all. Yeah. <laughs> do what? And yeah, most I've people got, do. I've got moles. I've got freckles. I've got sunspots. I even have. Uh, I wouldn't know what spots. a sunspot was. I mean, this if I had a sunspot, sunspot somebody would probably tell me it's an age spot because I'm old. This is oh, I want to see. I just thought it would be yeah, a freckle. Light, light brown spots that are in sun ex chronic sun exposed areas, the face here, via the chest. So they're common too. But sometimes you can be 
they can be <laughs> mistaken because for skin cancer, skin cancer doesn't have to be raised. Mm-hmm. Oh. It doesn't have to bleed. It doesn't have to hurt. Oftentimes, they, they're none of those. Yeah. Um, a melanoma can be just a flat brown patch that you may see the border changing or it got a little bit larger in size or maybe there's a little darker spot within it. So yeah. skin cancers really, they don't adhere to any rule. There's some common things we see with mm-hmm. them, but it can really look like anything. And melanomas can even be pink or red. Almost like or a skin colored. Mm-hmm. What about ab- absent of color? Right, exactly. So that like doesn't that necessarily signal you wow. to one form or the other, mm-hmm. but there's something called amelanotic melanoma where it just lacks color. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, those can be very tricky because they don't give you the typical the warning signs of, of what's happening. Yeah. So that's where the whole thing about change or new comes in because you're not born with the, the melanoma. So mm-hmm. it might not look like a big brown, black, scary spot, but you say, I've had a red spot on my forearm for three, four months. It's not going away. Well, that's probably needs to be checked. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, just, it's just about at least knowing what you have on your skin and knowing when something shouldn't be there. I need to make an appointment with my dermatologist. Well, because my wife keeps telling me, uh, like on top of my head, she says there's something that keeps coming and going. And she keeps telling me Is to it check. Hair? No, it's not hair. <laughs> I wish it was hair, but, but no. I, I keep outgrowing the hair. Um, no, at first she thought it was a pimple. Okay. Yeah, but and it wasn't. And, but it doesn't bother me. And I wear a hat all the time. Well, no, mm. every once in a while I'll get um, a raised part of my skin. And then the following week it acts like a pimple. And when the pimple goes away the bump goes away and all it is is the pore filling up with junk well that's another thing which too, is another thing a dermatologist can talk to you about well i know because uh, mm-hmm. i know my younger brother had to go because he had a cyst mm-hmm. and he was a truck driver right. so i always got him on his tailbone no oh, that's a terrible thing. oh yeah and then come to find out you know after years of going then it became cancerous mm-hmm. and he had to have that removed okay yeah, because typically he just said it was cancerous. Okay, because typically cysts shouldn't be precancerous, so it could be that there was something different that was brewing that maybe right. was acting like a cyst, um, or there was just two things that were, you know, true, true and unrelated. Yeah. Whew, man, sorry. Now I get you. <laughs> I get the shivers just thinking of that stuff. Yeah. Now, where's your office located at? So we're over on a uh, twenty twelve Tollgate, so right on. Um, in a medical complex there behind yes. the Dunkin' Donuts and Humagalas. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what are your hours? So we'll be open Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, and we'll have early morning hours the one day. Okay. And late night hours the one day, and then Monday and Friday by appointment. Um, you know, for anyone whose schedules really doesn't fit with those three days. Okay. And now, do you take different insurances or? Help. Right. Okay, right. you do. No. Um, so we're a direct care practice. So what direct care means is that we don't contract with any insurance companies. It's just okay. a direct contract between patient and doctor. Um, but getting back to why, one of the reasons why I wanted to open up on my own, I decided to go that route because it offers you a different way to give care. Um, okay. So when you're under a traditional insurance run model, which is probably what most people have gone to since these models are, are starting to pick up right. um, around the country, 
you'll find that in, in a lot of places it's very high volume so you might have waited a couple months to get into an appointment you might wait pretty long in the waiting room and then you might be seen for three to five minutes and have to come back for several other appointments mm -hmm. or you do a procedure um, it's not necessarily the way I think that most dermatologists would want to practice but um, the need is there so they they schedule very high but also because with insurance you have a lot of extra restrictions and overhead that comes with that um, because of there's a lot of mandates so right. they require or they find you to have an EMR um, you need several billers because you're putting insurances through clearing houses and then working with them to get the payments from the insurance to the office wow. um, because the need is so high and because of the overhead you're also seeing there are dermatologists that I know that see upwards of 75 patients a day mm. Wow so if you do the math on that it's it's very hard to get the care that some people might want for right. some people that's okay because they want to be in and out they want to show a spot and and that's okay for them um, a lot of them my patients at least when I was in New Jersey I loved the relationship that I built with them. That was my favorite part of the day, um, was getting to know them, you know, over time and their, our family, so, and just talking. So it's very hard to do that in a typical insurance-run practice right. because yeah. you're battling against all the other things that come with the overhead of insurance. Um, so what we do is we just contract directly and make sure that we have transparency and then we pass that cost savings on to patients. So, our prices are always listed online. You'll never get a bill after your visit. You know exactly what you're paying for, and it's basically time-based billing. So however much time you think you might want or might need, right? that's the appointment that you book. You get that full time slot. You're huh. never double booked, and you're going to be in there and talk about whatever you need to talk about. So when you have a typical visit, oftentimes, because they're so pressed for time, whatever you signed up for so to speak that's what you're going to talk about that day if you yeah. wanted to do a skin check or maybe you wanted to take off a few skin tags or you wanted to talk about hair loss you're probably going to have to come back yeah so whatever we can cover in say you yeah. you dermatologists you, take care of hair loss mm-hmm seriously mm -hmm. i had to see a dermatologist because uh stress was causing my hair to fall in chunks so hair on my head. Mm -hmm. Skin, hair, and nails, mucous membranes. Anything revolving the skin. Mm -hmm. And whatever the skin touches. Yes. I, know, I, I didn't know that. Of course, I'm not losing my hair. <laughs> I'm just outgrowing it. Oh, that's what it is. So it happens when you're smart like me. So. <laughs> now, is there, because I know, well, with insurance companies, there's still a lot of people that don't have insurance mm -hmm. um, because they can't afford it. Right. Mm -hmm. So... Is there any financial aid or something, or can you direct people to find, I guess, financial aid? Or So, you know, I haven't really looked into that for the direct care model of, of having them find aid. I know that there are assistance programs that will assist with that through the insurance-run model. I, I don't know of any as of yet that would assist with a, a direct care or direct okay. pay practice. Um, but at least the nice thing with the direct pay practice is, it's the same price for everybody. Right. Anybody can go there. Um, and then for, you're getting the personal attention. Exactly. Too, which I like. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you're going to see a dermatologist every time. So when you're seen at a lot of insurance room practices and, and, and because they're responding to the need that's there, you yeah. oftentimes don't see the doctor. 
you might see a physician's extender, a mid-level mm -hmm. provider, right. so a physician's yeah. assistant, nurse practitioner, um, and oftentimes I've spoken with many patients, family members of mine, who thought that they were seeing a doctor for years and didn't even know that they weren't. Um, what? And they were yeah. still getting care, but you know, there is um, there's a wow. misconception out there that everybody is a dermatologist who you see at a dermatology office and that's just not the case. Yeah. Wow. So it's important that patients know who they're seeing for right. whatever reason and and you know we're 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 part of teams it's it's all about giving good care to patients but i think it really is important that you know who you're seeing um some people do research into it some people don't and it's very hard even when you're doing the research to figure out who you're seeing because there's a lot of certifications there's yeah. a lot of different letters yeah. that go after people's names and it's sometimes very very hard to figure out you just need an appointment you need to get in you need to be seen mm -hmm. um so i'm hoping to break down all of those barriers, have complete transparency, and, and just make sure that people have access when right. they need to get in for something and know that you're going to see me every time. Um, in terms of the direct care model, you still are going to be able to use your insurance for other things. So if you're seen for a regular visit, we can still give you a coded receipt after your visit, which you right. can submit your insurance for any out-of-network reimbursement, um, okay. which is nice for patients because if you go to an insurance run model, you still are paying certain things out of pocket anyway. Right. You're paying mm -hmm. your copay, mm -hmm. and then you're paying into your co-insurance once you've reached your deductible. Yeah. You're paying into your deductible. Um, and then even after you've reached your full deductible for the year, um, if your insurance covers 100%, then fine, you don't have to pay anything. If they cover 80% after you finish your deductible or 80% after you finish your co-insurance, mm -hmm. you're still going to have to pay for a portion of your visit. It's right. just that your insurance is covering a lot of it. Um, so for a lot of patients and, and families, they might have upwards of 2500 to 3500 even 5000 I've seen deductibles that high for the year. And mm -hmm. if you just need to get in for a spot and you have to pay two or $300 just to have a spot checked, oftentimes going direct care works for people um, much better yeah. because you're paying much less for a longer visit and you can get in same day or same week wow. um, and you're seen by a dermatologist. So there's a lot of pros to it. It's not going to necessarily be for everyone and especially if it's you've reached your deductibles and you get 100% coverage and you're happy with the dermatologist that you're seeing, fine. Um, but for a lot of patients, they're encountering these hurdles and I think that's going to continue. Is that right wait times and you know not knowing yeah. who you're seeing and, and just the availability so i'm hoping that i'm always able to stay that way of having same day or same week appointments and keeping long long visit times now do you hook up with say other physicians offices or anything so you know i guess almost like a referral network right right yeah. In being new to the area, I've I've started to um, make connections with a lot of other okay. doctors in the area who who we typically work with: plastic surgeons, ophthalmologists, ENT, um, and one other field or other doctor that we're, we we work with a ton or Mohs surgeons. So they're part of the dermatology field. They're dermatology okay. trained, and then they do special fellowships in Mohs surgery. But they do specialized forms of skin cancer surgeries. Mm -hmm. um, and you need that extra training to do that. And we use them all of the time and we work hand in hand with them because there are a lot of skin cancers where it's really very, very appropriate to use that type of skin right. cancer surgery. It's tissue sparing, so for mm -hmm. higher risk areas um, or certain types of higher risk tumors. So we work with them a ton. Mm -hmm. Gotta ask you this because it's not that far. Cause you say you, you had a practice up in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. 
So did you contact all them patients and let them know to come down I here? I didn't. It's like I a two-and-a-half, three-hour drive. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, no, they love no. you that much. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't contact them. You know, it's usually part of a practice that um, – that you don't do that um but no i didn't contact them the practice that i left i only left because we were moving for family reasons and because my husband was making a move in his career um so i left on the best of terms i actually talked to them all of the time and they take they're taking great care of the care of the patients that um i have when i was there i actually have some patients who will actually text me or find me through social media and tell me that you know things are are great up there so no i would i think that that practice does an awesome job and i would i would never tell patients to leave them that that was that was gonna lead me to my next question Uh, how are you reaching out to to the people in harford county which i think you just answered with social media right right so social media and website yes yes so website is um canondermatology.com so you can find all the information, a, a really good explanation. I think specifically what patients most want to understand is direct care. Right. I think to, to the per, to average person and before, you know, this is, is still a new concept. Um, and I don't claim to, to know all the ins and outs of insurance companies and, and, and direct care models. But um, I think every direct care doc probably does things a little bit differently and mm-hmm. makes it a little bit personalized to the way that they foresee their practice blossoming over the years Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a lot of information on there and some scenarios of just why it might potentially work for you over time or what the benefit could be um, based on your personal situation Um, and then I've really just been trying to reach out I've met with a lot of doctors and and, and, um, uh, in the area I'm working with the Chamber of Commerce doing the social media sending out flyers just really walking around from door to door meeting people we since we're new um to the area and hopefully this is the last place that we'll be and we'll be settled fully since we have some family here as well um opening up this business is not just about being a successful dermatologist but it's being part of the community. I've never been a small business owner before, um, and I'm happy to be embarking on this kind of scary journey. But, um, (laughs) you know, I want to be, I feel like in the past, in in places that we've lived, um, you know, everyone gets in just the daily work grind, family work, family work, um, Mm -hmm. and you sometimes don't find ways to be part of the community or to get outside of your own little bubble. And I was definitely a, a person that that happened to, especially in that being my first job after residency. I was, I was focused on doctoring and being right. a good doctor and being a good mom. And that was where my tunnel vision was. Um, and it was enough for several years. But I think now, since I've had my feet wet for a while, that I just want to be able to branch out a little bit. You're putting on another hat now. I'm putting on another yeah. hat. Being and, and, a small and, business Yes, owner. yes, and we'll see how it goes. But I just want to be, you know, I, I really like it here. We've not been here very long, but um, this is where I plan to be. So right. okay. being part of where I am is, is important to me. Yeah. Definitely reach out to the, other, the local organizations and all because, you know, whether it be Kiwanis, Rotary Clubs, uh, Lions, mm-hmm. ask them if you can yeah. come talk to them because yeah. you know a lot of people need to know yeah. and, and i don't know why you said guys are scared but i think it's not just a matter of male or female i think a lot of people are scared not just to go to the doctor but even a dermatologist right. and Especially i, I never got that right. i never understood that well when it comes to my father's generation 
it was always perceived that if you went to the doctor, then you might find out that you're not as strong as society says guys should be. I can so, understand. Yeah. My father was the same way. Because my yeah. father always said if there was any, if he thought that he may have had cancer, he would not get checked. Because he, no. nev- he never wanted mm-hmm. to know. Yeah. yeah. Now he worked at the point at Bethlehem Steel. Plus, yeah. he were, so yeah, he had asbestos. We know it. He ended up with lupus. So yeah, you know it's. So even though that kind of um, mannerism isn't taught, the sons still see it. Yeah. And it just filters downhill. So. Yeah, people definitely got to get checked. I mean, it's, it's definitely. And yes, I'm guilty. I know. Plus, I know. back then, when you were diagnosed with cancer, there was very little you could do. Yeah. Right. Nowadays, That's true. there are so many successful options. Right. So. And the thing is, too, well, I think Maryland's one of the leading, highest yeah. states for cancer. And Hartford County, I think, is even higher. Mm. The highest for the counties in the state, I think Hartford County I've has heard the that. most. Yeah. Cancer uh, people with cancer. Okay. Um, I've heard different rumors as to cause of it. But yeah. Well, it, I mean, yeah. sun. I mean, I've heard power lines could yeah. cause cancer. Well, well, yeah, military bases because you never know yeah. what's. There. Well, we know what the we know what they did here, weapon ordinance. So, I mean, wow. But you, I mean, yeah. There's a lot of things that you. Yeah, there's just a lot. Of, yeah, there's a lot of things. But a lot of people really, I don't think thought of skin cancer as much right right you know they're always worried about lung cancer mm-hmm. you know and now, nowadays you don't even need to have a lot of exposure to the sun to get skin cancer right i know someone who um didn't get skin, die of skin cancer she died of lung cancer didn't smoke a single cigarette i know a couple of people like that yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. didn't smoke a single day in her life and she she was never around people who smoked either yet she died of it wow Right. There's a so, lot of reasons to get checked. But at least yeah. with dermatology, the fear should be less because the nice thing about the, the skin cancers we deal with the majority of the time mm-hmm. is that they're 100% curative. Yeah. You see them, you biopsy them, and you treat them. Um, so that should give people some confidence that yeah. they're taking care of themselves on a preventative basis. Um but that if something comes up, we can take care of it. Right. Yeah. We can we can guide you through the process. It's it's not going to be something that, um, mm-hmm. you know, really affects you down the road after those yeah. procedures happen because it's curative. It can yeah. be curative in many situations. I've had a number of molds removed with the possibility that it might be cancer, and you could never tell that. I don't have like big scars or right. ditches or anything mm-hmm. like that, so it's not. It's not and bad. speaking of molds. I don't know if this is a myth or what, but I was always taught that, like, if I'm shaving or whatever and I cut a mole, mm-hmm. I can bleed to death. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. It's, it, you got to be very careful when you cut a mole because something terrible could happen. Something terrible <laughs> should... That is a myth. Um, okay, thank you. You should not bleed out from cunning over mole. It's more of just it's gotta that. got to be a really big mole, huh? Yes, yes. Is that you're going to irritate it? That was it. your head, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
exactly. You're in the wrong area. But no, so so you're not going to bleed out. You're not going to cause any irreparable damage over time. But you leave a scar or you might bleed a little bit. You're certainly going to change the appearance of the mole over time. Um, and, and that's important. Okay. That's important for anyone who's had a procedure or has had something damaged in their lifetime or, um, you know, maybe had a little biopsy when they were a kid because moles come back. That doesn't mean they're bad. It right. happens all the time. Mm-hmm. But things regrow that are benign. And when they regrow, they often look really funky. So when I look at something and someone says to me, holy moly, right, so, <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. And I say, what happened here? Because it look, it doesn't have, we look for patterns. We're all right. about patterns, morphology, um, and we like things to stick in those patterns. And when they don't, we start to ask questions, you know, quickly in our mind. We're already going through these lists of why, why is this feature in a lesion or not? And I always ask a patient, you know, has this been treated before? Has it right. been biopsied? Was it removed once? Have you traumatized it? And oftentimes there's yeses to many of those questions, but when there isn't, that makes me a little bit more on high alert that these are abnormal features of a spot and there was never anything done before. It's probably coming off. I'm probably going to take a biopsy of it. Mm-hmm. The other thing you talked about was acne. You take care of that yes. as well? Yes. Okay, because... and. We know teenagers, it's always bad, you know. And then you hear, see the commercials on mm-hmm. stuff and you know, stuff you can buy over the counter. Right. What is the best thing? Besides going to a dermatologist. Right, right. But, I mean, so it's very hard with acne because there are many things that contribute to it that I don't, I don't think many people know. So mm-hmm. um, That was going to be my next question. Yes, yeah. I'm yeah. glad you're leading so that So it's Go not ahead. just, you know, it's not just that... A teenager goes to bed at night and they don't want to wash their face. Right. Um, you know, oil and clogged pores contributes to it. Hormones is a big factor for both really? men and women. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. um, types of products, you know, external things that you're using on your face. Um, family history. Sometimes um, there are other medical conditions that contribute to it. Medications. Um, so there's a lot of different things that go into it, which is why there's never a one-fits-all approach. Because you have to ask a lot of these questions, and sometimes you ask the questions to people, and they say, you know, that why, why would you even ask that? But it's, it's because there's a lot of different right. things. Acne is a, a pretty complex thing. Um, so there are a lot of medications over the counter that actually are really good for acne um, that are in a lot of the ingredients that are in a lot of the things that are really cheap and things that are really expensive. So oftentimes if, if patients want to start with just over-the-counter things, I direct them to looking for ingredients rather than looking for brands because okay. you're going to just spend a lot of money on a souped-up version of an Something active ingredient. Got the same exactly, stuff in it, right? exactly. So there are actually a lot of good over-the-counter medications like benzoyl peroxide, Differin used to be a prescription and now it's over-the-counter, um, glycolic acid, salicylic acid. These are all things that... Huh. They put in combinations, they change the percentages, and they actually work really well. Um, but oftentimes when patients come in, they've tried all of those things, and either they've gotten some side effects or they didn't know mm-hmm. how to use right. it, or there are other factors that just aren't being taken care of. Um, so we can really work on targeting all of those things and then mm-hmm. tailoring the treatment. Because sometimes um, it's more hormonal. Sometimes it's hmm. cystic and scarring, and we have to use some heavier hitting medications like isotretinoin um, used to be called Accutane. So there are a lot of things that you can do, which um, is nice because people oftentimes think of acne as cosmetic. And I've seen some 
horrible, horrible cases of acne, and that can be some one of the most devastating diagnoses for for anyone of any right. age to have permanent scars left on your face when mm -hmm. there are medications that can treat that. And I, I think it can, if it doesn't get checked, it can, can lead to depression for a lot of teens too. Definitely, yeah. there are plenty mm -hmm. of studies that show that. One of the things you didn't mention though, and. I have a funny feeling this is going to be a myth, too. <laughs> uh, what causes acne? I didn't hear anything about sweets, eating a lot of sweets. Yes. So there is some soft data that talks about high glycemic index foods. Um, so a lot of your white sugars and flours, mm -hmm. um, some of the fried foods, and then also actually low-fat milk products. So sweets is going to fall in there, um, but specifically high glycemic index foods and low-fat milk products. Low-fat so, milk, you mean like skim milk? Mm -hmm. 2% milk mm -hmm. is... And, and they didn't see it with the high-fat milk products, but they saw it with the low-fat milk products. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, fat-free mm -hmm. yogurt is probably the worst, huh? Yeah, so... you have the sugar and the low-fat milk product. Right, right. So I'll be darned. for the average person, I, I tell, and especially I'm often seeing younger patients for acne, um, their parents always ask me, well, I tell them don't eat this kind of food and don't eat this kind of food and drink a lot of water. I think in general, a healthy, well-rounded diet is going to be first and foremost. Yes, staying hydrated, oh, that's important for yeah. the skin. Um, but there are a couple times when I really do focus on it. So I have a, I see a lot of young kids, athletes, um, and they are hitting the protein shakes three, four, five times a day. Well, that's whey protein. That's milk, milk protein. Yeah. Um, and they're coming in with hard blackening. Now, will, if you stop drinking those shakes, is your acne going to completely go away? Probably not because right. there's still other contributing factors. But is that worsening the process or is that hampering us getting better results with the treatment that you're on? it could potentially be. So I have everyone switch over to plant-based proteins, um, which can, there are plenty of good brands out there and, and that can work just as well. Um, for, you're talking about for milk? Um, for protein, protein shakes. shakes. For protein oh, for shakes. Protein Doing shakes. the plant-based proteins rather than okay. um, the whey-based yeah. protein yeah, shakes. Well. <laughs> um, so in those cases, um, I just counsel kids to just have a good healthy diet anyway a lot of fruits and vegetables in there anyway um, because it's just good for them but yes cutting out a lot of the the white flowers and then specifically the protein shakes is a big thing that people just don't realize because they think they're doing something good for themselves they're working out yeah. they're doing their shakes they're doing something to to supplement um, and it could be contributing to worsening of that see and that's scary now because they said whole milk's bad for you because it's got too much fat Skin milk can cause acne, I only or two percent. So what's better for your almond, unsweetened almond, I guess, which you is what I, I drink. Right, right. Well, I'm here, the only one in my household that does. Why would you drink so much milk? My daughter drinks a ton of milk for the calcium. Because you know. can actually get calcium. She in drinks more milk a than lot water. Of plant, plant foods. Right. You get a lot of calcium. I don't know if there's a milk. lot of calcium in two percent milk because that's all I buy. Two percent. 2% milk is watered down milk. That's okay. all it is. Well, apparently it's got a lot of sugars in it or something. Mm -hmm. Or well, well, the, yeah. whatever that other word you said. Like water water water. Right. Yeah, that. Right, yep. right. the carbs. The, yeah, yeah the she carbs. drinks that. Her and my wife drink the 2%. I drink the almond. And I only do the almond milk when I make my shakes, my smoothies. And I don't use whey powder. <laughs> I just use fruits and vegetables. That's it. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I, I actually, Sometimes chia seed or flaxseed. I actually do not keep a lot of... Um, dairy products in my house every once in a while i'll buy um some milk for my kids because they really like the milk mm -hmm. and 
during the summer we might keep ice cream, but and cheese. We're big on like, cheese. I'm sorry, That's I like ice it. cream better in the winter. I, did, I, I maybe I am weird. I don't know, but wintertime I, like I just think beer. ice. Well, yeah, but just something that ice cream in the winter. T- oh, it's good. There's a good reason why Rita's closes during the winter. I, just saying. That's Italian ice, though. That's different. That's actually better in the but winter. Yeah. Anyways, too, I, I I was just saying, <laughs> if you're drinking um, dairy to get your calcium, there's better ways to get calcium. Milk is not the only. Right. Source of calcium. Right. Oh, I knew that. So it, it's that would be the real mm-hmm. question is why. Right. Yeah, there you go. Correct me. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Sorry, no problem. So once again, what's what's the website? So canondermatology.com. Which will be and then I'll be in the notes too, so everybody knows. Yes. Um, yes. and what's the phone number? Four one zero two one six zero two zero two. And you okay. can also, if you go on the website, you can schedule your appointments directly through the website. So you can look oh. at times, you can change appointments, nice. you can do it, you know, schedule it at 1230 night from your bed if you want to. So that's a good option for for people to just, you know, customize things and be able to right. do whatever they it want. Because um, there's many times where I'm like 11 o'clock at night, can't sleep. Oh, I forgot to do. I do the same thing. I do the same exact thing. So, yeah, so, so, so that's yeah. there. So you can go right through the website. That's great. You don't have to call awesome. anybody. That's yeah. great. I want to thank you for coming on, thank Trisha. You. Thanks thank for you. trying to keep me straight. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> and we, anything we can do, let us know. Thank you. Welcome it. to Hartford County. Thank you. First yeah. Thank you so much. And, you know, like I said, we'll put the notes in there or the, your links in there so everybody can find them, too. Uh, once again, if you want to be on the Hartford County Living Podcast, it is free to come on. We encourage you to come on to either talk about your business, your organization, any events coming up, anything. You can also find us on iTunes and now Google Play as well, as well as any Android device. So, And we're making some changes. If you've been having a hard time trying to find us, we found the mistake. People were on iTunes searching for Harford County Living, said it wasn't coming up. Hmm. Well, some dummy that produces this, <coughs> me, yeah. uh, Put in there HCL podcast, short for Hartford County Eleven, wasn't coming up, so I started making changes a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, subscribers just started popping, oh, nice. coming up left and right. So good. those numbers are climbing again. Good, so good, good. thank you. But <laughs> Doctor Cannon, no, Sarah, 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 thanks a lot, Trisha. Thank, thank you, so you. and I guess I'll see you on the next one, right? Yep. Did you know that there's a place right here in Hartford County that offers all types of services? They offer assistance programs, talking about health insurance, medical transportation, WIC program and more. They also offer dental clinic services, peer recovery and support services, different types of cancer screening, hearing and vision screening, and a lot more. A lot of people don't know about them, but I'm here to tell you about them. This is the Hartford County Health Department. And their mission is to protect and promote the health, safety, and environment of the citizens of Harford County through community assessment, education, collaboration, and assurance of services. And the one thing with Harford County Health Department, they want to make Harford County the healthiest community in Maryland. You can visit them at HartfordCountyHealth.com. That's HartfordCountyHealth.com. And be sure to listen to the podcast that I do with them the first Friday of every month right here on HarfordCountyLiving.com.